Welcome to the Innovation Engine Podcast. Since 2014, we've been bringing you conversations with some of the world's leading authorities on innovation. Topics we cover include technology, culture, leadership, and more. Coming to you from Three Pillar Global Studio in Fairfax, Virginia, here's your host, Will Sherlin. Welcome back to the Innovation Engine Podcast. For this very special episode of the podcast, our 100th, we're pleased to have Three Pillar CEO David DeWolf back in the studio with us. David was the Innovation Engine's very first guest all the way back in February 2014. So we're coming full circle here for episode 100. Among the topics that we'll discuss for this episode of the podcast are the trends that are getting the most play at this summer's biggest technology conferences, including what to expect from the invasion of the bots and why seemingly everyone is getting into the game when it comes to the connected home. David DeWolf is the founder and CEO of Three Pillar Global, one of the Mid-Atlantic's fastest growing technology companies. Since founding Three Pillar in 2006, David has guided the company to a leadership position in the product development services sector, establishing Three Pillar as the go-to innovator for content, information, and data-rich companies looking to grow revenue through software. He's passionate about software product innovation, entrepreneurship, and principled leadership. In 2012, David was named one of Smart CEO Magazine's Future 50. In 2011, he was recognized by the Washington Business Journal as one of 40 under 40 who are Washington, D.C.'s brightest young business leaders. He writes often about leadership, business, life, and technology at daviddewolf.com. David, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have <laughs> Thanks, you here. Thanks, Will. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So you know I can't start off an episode of the podcast with you without playing a quick game Uh-oh. of one-word story. Here we go again. Let's do so it. So last time you picked the topic, okay. this time I'm going to suggest that in honor of the 100th episode of the podcast, we make the one word that we choose 100. How does that sound? Wonderful. Uh, 100 full. <laughs> I tried. I couldn't, I couldn't connect it. Uh, nice, nice. Uh, okay, so uh, I will start this time around, and I will start with the word 100. Years ago, I came to a very tough place. It was unlike any other in the podcast. Though I saw a uh, niche sector (laughs) that was open to opportunity and further exploration. I like that. (laughs) So... I decided to pitch the idea to start a podcast. That was too obvious. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. That's good enough. That's good enough. So, so we we have we have successfully created our one word story with the theme of one hundred. And now that we've gotten that out of our systems. 
We'll get to some of the technology events and themes that I mentioned in the intro, but I want to start off by asking a little bit about your personal experience building a company that now numbers more than 700 hmm. and has locations throughout the world. So we're celebrating a much bigger milestone here at Three Pillar than the 100th episode of this podcast, and that's our 10-year anniversary as a company. It's a founded big year. by you in 2006, so yeah. congratulations. 10th year, and, and it's coming up on the month, too. So we've been having a... Uh, a month by month celebration. We're celebrating for ten months, uh, yeah. the ten years, and uh, I think it was July of 2006 that I officially incorporated, and then actually got to work in August. So nice. uh, it's coming up. You know, it's it's funny you bring up the the 700. I think it's over 720 employees now, and in in ten years, you step back and think, wow, um, when this started. I didn't even think it was going to be more than me. I thought I was going to be an independent consultant the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a little bit overwhelming, right? Um, but I think it also speaks to what what passion can lead to. I think passion is a key part of uh, anything that grows, right? There has mm -hmm. to be a driving force behind it. And there is no doubt, I think there's two fundamental things at Three Pillar that we love. The first one is um, high-performing teams. There's something about working with high-performing teams and, and creating a, a high-performance environment that just gets me up in the morning. I love it. And I think we have team members here that also really enjoy that, right? Um, and anytime you have a situation where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and you have that high-performing team atmosphere, um, I think passion is a big part of it. And uh, that, that teamwork and that desire to win is a big part of it. And I think that's what's fueled this is we've been able to, for whatever reason, surround ourselves with incredible people that are 10 times smarter than I am uh, throughout this entire organization. And it's just been a fun ride to, to be in the game with them. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of those things that's contagious as well. You know, in, yeah. in this space, you don't attract talented employees and, and keep them unless they are, unless they have the opportunity to be part of something bigger than, than themselves. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And and success breeds success. It's just like great people attract great mm -hmm. people, right? And yeah. um, I think that's, that's a big part of that. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. It's uh, 100 episodes, but it's 720 employees. I don't know how many we had when we started, but it's probably in the 500s, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, 2014. So, yeah, that sounds right. And, yeah, 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 so I think it's in the 500s. So a couple hundred people. Yeah. So, two so, people per episode, is that what the metric is? <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you to take us back to the very beginning. I know it's been a long time mm. since you founded the company, but do you remember you started as a software engineer? Do you remember the point in time where you said to yourself, you know what, there's something out there bigger for me than writing code. I want to be the head of a company that builds innovative software products for our clients. Yeah, I, I wish I could actually tell you that it was that moment that there was a decision. I remember the moment well, but it wasn't nearly as um, uh, a deliberate decision as, as you make it sound. The moment was actually... I was driving down the road, and I know exactly where I was. I was on Interstate 66, um, and I was coming up to the exit to exit to go visit one of our first clients. And I do not know why, but for whatever reason, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Holy crap, you've got six people working for you. And I just, it hit me. That, that was a daunting responsibility. Um, and that I was providing for not just my own family, but six other families. And uh, they were depending on me. And I, I literally never remember making a decision to hire 
mm-hmm. that first employee or that second employee. And it just kind of happened to me. Um, but it was that moment that I said, okay, I, at this moment, I was still writing code 80 hours a week, right? right. Um, so there was no business building. It was just happening. And at that moment, I said, for the sake of these families, I need to do one of two things. Either I need to go have an honest conversation and say, I don't know what I've gotten myself into, but you guys better go find better jobs or, you know, go realize that when this project ends, we're all done. Or I need to make a decision that I'm going to build a business. And so it was another, I think it was probably a couple of weeks that I really stewed on that and thought about it and figured out why are we growing without even trying and made the decision ultimately that, you know what, it's time. And uh, it was about, gosh, about a year later when I finally said, no more code. I, I'm not I'm not going to write another line of code. And that, that was back in uh, 2009. So I think the first realization was in 08. And then about a year later, I started building the business and built momentum and then got to the point where I said, okay, I've got to be done and it's time to be a leader. Um, yeah. and, and not build software, but build a business. And, and that's, to me, that was the fundamental thing. Go back to that passion. What I, I love creating something out of nothing. That is exciting. And that's what I loved about software was to be able to, to see the tangible results of building value and building something um, that was, was worthwhile and that required a team to come together and do. Um, and I ultimately realized I could do that without the mechanics of software. I could do it in building a business. Yeah. So when you look back at the journey that you've taken to get to this point, do you have any words of wisdom you might share with listeners who would like to be in your shoes 10 years from now? Hmm. So, I mean, I think number one goes back to, it's, it's funny, it's already come up twice, is passion. Mm-hmm. Um, follow your passion. I truly believe that people are the best at the things they love the most. And if you get up every morning and you're not going to work, but you actually enjoy it and you can't wait to get out of bed and you can't wait to get into the office. There's always going to be bad days, right? But in general, if you love what you do, if you follow your passion, if you find something that aligns with what you're naturally gifted at mm-hmm. and and love, then I think you will be successful, um, whatever that means. And it means different things for different people. Um, but I, I think following that passion, um, I think the mistake I see is I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs who they do it because – they want to be CEO or they want to make a lot of money or they want whatever it is. It's an ego trip. It's a power trip. It's a, um, a greed thing. I, I honestly have never seen one be successful. Um, the, the successful entrepreneurs and executives I know are the ones that genuinely love what they do mm-hmm. and they have a passion for it and naturally – pursue their passions and they happen to be great at it as well and that passion bleeds over and and I think what that does we talked about people before right um great talent breeds great talent and at the earliest phases of a company it's that passion it's the passion and the belief of the founder that they're doing something to change the world that people get attracted to that those very very early risk takers are willing to say hey i'll come join that because that's a mission i believe in and that's a purpose i believe in um and uh i think you have to have passion to to get that and to get past that stage yeah and let me ask you the the three pillars of three pillar are innovation, integrity, mm-hmm. and agility. So I want to yep. ask you about that last point. Mm-hmm. When you think back on what three pillars core competencies were when you first started the business mm-hmm. and what they are now, how much 
or have those capabilities changed or evolved over the years? You know, I, I think what's happened is they've become more well-defined. At the onset, it was me. And by trade, I was a software engineer, an architect. I was a technical person. But what I didn't realize is what has become the value of this company, which was I, at that point in time, was a microcosm without even knowing it. I was unconsciously competent. Um, I was a microcosm of the the full life cycle, full stack capabilities that 3Pillar has. Um, and what I mean by that was that, yes, I was a technologist, but I never was the best technologist in the world. If you want, you know, if you ask me what a bubble sort is, I can't tell you the difference between a bubble sort and another sort, right? I can't even think off the top of my head what the other sorts are, right? I wasn't a computer science guy, like deep, deep. But what I was great at was making software work and the craft of software development for the purpose of deriving value. And I could understand business value. I could understand customer value. And so I was phenomenal at engaging with the customer and building customer experiences that solved real pain and truly innovated and disrupted places and, and, and sectors. And in that, what I didn't realize at the time was that I was not just a software architect, a software engineer. I was a really good product manager. I had aspects of what it took to be a user experience designer. Um, it was never the most creative, you know, but I knew how to build interfaces that were um, intuitive because I could see it from the eyes of the user. Um, and, and so that microcosm, what I was able to do was take all those different aspects of what I was as a single person and then go find people that were better at all those disciplines than myself, but keep the DNA of integrating them together in a single solution offering. And I think if you look at why is three pillar different in the market today, um, there are a lot of firms that do product engineering. There are a lot of design agencies. Our core fundamental differential is that we understand that product is about driving business outcomes that meet a customer experience, right? And so it's that intersection of business outcome and customer feedback that is the power of the products that we build. And it's the integration of all those disciplines together throughout the entire life cycle from the earliest ideation all the way through actually delivering that to market and the ongoing evolution and support of that. Um, and that's our differential. And I think that's where it started off. So I think very much it is what it is. It's just, we're a lot better at all the individual disciplines and we've figured out how to scale them. Mm -hmm. And is it, a, is it, I'm sure less so now, but was it at certain points along the way, a challenge for you not to kind of get hands on with things where oh, you gosh. see, you talk about all those disciplines that you kind of have and feel comfortable yeah. putting into practice. You know, if you would see a team falling mm -hmm. down for you know, for a client perhaps to not get your hands dirty and say, look, yeah, this is how it's done. Yeah, you know, um, yes. Um, but I've also figured out the secret to that too. So I think that's the challenge for any entrepreneur, right. Is to let go. Um, because you do, I, I've literally played every single role within this company, except maybe our CFO role, because we never needed finance like we needed now when I was playing that role. Right. But every other company I've literally done, uh, every other role within the company. So, um, to give that up, and when you are a practitioner, when you're when you're that type A personality, it is hard. But the secret I've found is if you truly hire people that are smarter and better than yourself, then it becomes really easy to do. Um, I think where people fall down is a lot of people are afraid 
to hire somebody that knows more than they do. And um, I genuinely believe in all the disciplines that I've hired people that are literally better than I am at all of them. Um, and I think the, the, the one competency where I've been able to excel is in leadership, in, in crafting that vision and inspiring and motivating and leading others to that vision and being that visionary that's able to turn that into execution through other people. Um, and so by, by recognizing what my gifts are, and, and recognizing where my strengths are and managing to that, but letting other people leverage theirs and not being afraid to have other individuals better than I am at the organization in different aspects is, is how I've gotten myself out of that, of, of having to dive in. Right. Yeah. So, so let me shift away from three pillar a little bit to talk about some of the general trends that we're seeing in the technology and product space. That's one of our favorite pastimes when you're here. Uh, there are a few topics that have been big at developers conferences this year, mm -hmm. certainly both Google I.O. and Facebook's F8 developer conference. Yep. Uh, and one of those is bots. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if you've read up a ton on bots. What, if anything, do you make of the hype around bots? Do you think they're here to stage, to flash in the pan? Yeah, no, I, I think it's part of an overall trend of automation that's happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think you see it in a lot of different areas. I'm not sure that bots are in the final stage that we'll see, but I think we're going to continue to see the automation of different aspects of our business. And, oh, by the way, I think a big component of bots is the integration with the other systems that we're using on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I'm not sure quite frankly, that it's that new. I'm not that wowed by it um, because I think it's it's just another name for some things that have been around for a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do think um, I do think that there are some inter interesting trends with artificial intelligence. Um, I think that we see a lot more um, voice recognition. Uh, and what I see there is not necessarily the AI or the voice recognition. What I see is a trend that I think always happens in technology, which is the blending in of technology into our, our environment and what's around us, right? And so to me, the big jump from the desktop to the laptop was that it blended in more with my environment. Right. So I didn't necessarily have to have my laptop um, on my desk at work. I could now bring it home with me or I could go to, I guess at that point in time, there were no Starbucks, but, uh, you know, to the library <laughs> and, and pull it open. Well, the same thing then happened with mobile. Right. All of a sudden it was not just a laptop. I, I didn't just have it out when I was sitting down working. I had it in my pocket and I always had it out and I could look at it, you know, all sorts of times. Um, continuously for better or for worse for better for right when you're driving right? <laughs> um, all sorts of bad reasons right but um I think this is a continuation of that right artificial intelligence I see blending into our environment where all of a sudden I don't even have to have my device out I can just speak and quite quite frankly I don't even have to push a button anymore um I just say a key word and it will respond. And I think that trend will only continue to continue, will only continue. And oh, by the way, I think that comes back to bots as well, because what are the hooks where those bots can take over and do things for us proactively um, in different systems and integration points? I think you're going to see a convergence of this area. So it's one of the areas that I, I'm intrigued by um, and, and just wonder how it's going to truly change our lives, because I think it will. Yeah. So, so next question is kind of along the same lines. Uh, 
the connected home. Oh yeah. So Amazon's Echo has been a huge hit. Nope. Uh, do you do you have an Echo? I don't. I don't. I I do. It's I like it. Um, but you don't uh, love it. I could tell by your facial expression. <laughs> um, I maybe haven't fully tapped into its full potential, right? So yep. I, I basically use it to play music. I don't, you know, tell Alexa to add things to my shopping list on Amazon. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are other yeah. things you, you can do with Alexa or the yep. Amazon Echo's name, basically, yep. that, that I don't do. But for me, it's basically a music playing device. But, but, but listen to that, right? You just started talking about Alexa, and then you realized, oh, for listeners, I may need to describe the fact that this is the Echo device. It's just what it's named, right? right? Okay, so that right there is an example about how technology is blending into our lives. It's not just the interface of you don't have to push a screen anymore. It's that we're making it personal, right? Mm -hmm. You call her Alexa. She is your friend, right? No, she's not. She's a computer, yeah. right? But she has a personality and she's blended into our life. And those are the interesting ways that technology is truly changing things, I think, because it's no longer devices at points in time or an event to use it. It's now part of our, I don't even want to say it, relationships. It's part of right, the way we talk about things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're home shopping. Or yeah, re recent, we, recently bought we a home. Just put a correct? contract down on a new home. So uh, yeah, we close in August. So Congra congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Will, will it be a connected home? Well, it is actually. Okay. Yeah, and um, that wasn't necessarily by design. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be honest. My wife chose the house, not me. Right? I, I don't have much say in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, Teresa and the kids fell in love with it, um, and I do too. You know, but. I say that in jest, uh, but that was not the deciding factor. Right. It just so happens that the more we learned about the house, in fact, I went in for the inspection and discovered many more things that were connected. One of the cool things it has is it actually has this invisible sound system on the first floor where the speakers are literally built into the wall. And so you get this seven by one surround sound um, coming out of the walls. Nice. It's kind of cool and different, huh? Yeah. Um, but. It's good that it's already in the house because I'd never buy that type of thing for myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I, I'm sure that will be uh, an endless source of, of fascination for you and Teresa and the kids. Um, let me stick with technology and bring it back to Three Pillar. We recently made some news of our own in hiring a new CTO. Yep. His name is Jonathan Rivers, and he comes to us from the Telegraph of London. Mm -hmm. What does Jonathan's addition to the executive team mean for you and for Three Pillar at large? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, we're just thrilled to have Jonathan. Um, we've known Jonathan actually for a while. He's been a client uh, twice over now, actually. Um, and what's fascinating about that is not just that he's been a client twice. Uh, he's also the second member of our executive team that was a client before they came on. So our, our CFO, Maria, um, also was a client prior, which is honestly just something I take a lot of pride in, right? If, um, if you can build raving fans through your clients to the point that they want to join that culture and that company. I think that's just a really, really cool thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's that's something that I'm really proud of. In both of them, they're just top-notch caliber people. Um, Jonathan is a really unique individual in that um, he is a technologist at heart, loves technology, um, but he's a fabulous leader as well. And you don't always find that combination. And um, his emotional intelligence is off the charts. Uh, his 
his leadership and ability to, to inspire teams, um, his connectedness to the community and what's going on with technology and different trends and his ability to then, because of those soft skills, come back and translate them back to make sure that we are continually staying on the cutting edge. Um, and, and his grasp of business realities, right? So that it's not just technology for its own sake and in, in, in invention, but it truly turns into innovation, um, I think is, is really, really powerful. Um, what does it mean to me? Um, you know, I think for the company as a whole, it means um, a, a stronger leader. Again, somebody that is better than myself at those things um, and uh, uh, can help to scale the organization as we go from 700 now to 1,000 to 1,500 people um, and making sure that we put those appropriate uh, things in place to make sure that we continue to deliver the value proposition uh, to all of our clients, but also map that strategy to what's going on in the market and staying, staying on the edge. Um, but then personally, to boil it down to me, it means that I have time to focus on the things I should be focused on as the CEO, and that's you know guiding the direction of the company and not just looking at it from a product or technology perspective, but looking at it from a business perspective, and and that will hopefully spur our growth uh, even further and allow us to have an even greater impact uh, on the the companies that really overnight are becoming software companies. Right, there's so many businesses that, uh, and it's just accelerating more and more. We're seeing it in all sorts of industries now. They have so much data, information, and content, and it's becoming such a digital economy that they have to sell their products and services through that software. They have to deliver it, not just sell it. It's not about marketing. It's about actually leveraging the software to deliver the service or, or deliver the product. And um, uh, that's exciting because I think the market is growing uh, in that way that we can really have a big impact on that and, and expand our impact on that. And, and Jonathan will allow us to do that because he will take on that, that leadership role within the organization that allows me to get out there more and to do more in the industry and to help to spur the growth more. Okay, nice. So you mentioned the growth from 700 to 1,000 to 1,500. It's been yeah. it's been 10 years since you started 3Pillar. If yep. I asked you to look 10 years Ooh. into the future, yeah. where do you see 3Pillar? Well, I think maybe the best way to answer that question is what we are fundamentally committed to is the vision of becoming the most respected company in this digital services sector, um, and specifically the niche within that sector that's driving the digital economy and building software products, right? There's there's digital agencies that are focused on marketing. There's digital integrators that are focused on enterprise software. We're all about the customer-focused product development and building those products. And we want to be the most respected company. And that word respect really means something to us. It's not about being the biggest. It's not about anything other than are we truly delivering on the value proposition? Are we building the types of software products that are changing the way we live, work, and play? And um, ultimately, that's what we want to do. And so building the company that's known for that, where, I'll just give you an example, um, where we are the employer of choice, where individuals want to come work at three pillar because they know they're going to be building the most innovative products because they know that we have the type of culture that allows them to innovate and to be successful in that where they know that we're working with the hottest startups and the biggest brands to do that and to 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 transform these businesses into digital businesses where they know that um, the the 
environment is one that they're going to increase the value of their career because they know that they're working at the best of the best. That's the type of thing that leads to to that respect that we're looking for in the industry. And that's what we're trying to build. So, you know, does that mean 700 to 1,000 to 1,500? You have to assume there's growth that comes with that. That's not the goal in and of itself, though. The goal in and of itself is to have an impact on this digital economy and to make sure that we are looked at as the go-to innovator for building software products. I just noticed the time, and it's past two. Did you have something to do other than Office Olympics? No, I'm good for now. Okay. That's good because I have a little surprise. Uh-oh. Don't tell me Pop-Tarts. I'm not going to tell you Pop-Tarts, okay. but it's along the same lines. Okay. If you go back and listen to the very first episode of the Innovation Engine podcast, we tried to taste the innovation in a few different styles of Pop-Tarts. Right. And today, we're not going to try to taste innovation Okay. But we are going to try to taste a little birthday cake to celebrate <laughs> the, the 100th episode of the podcast. I love it. Uh, it's also birthday week. Uh, it was your birthday on Tuesday. It, it was. was my birthday yesterday. This is a great week. <laughs> and it, it's my, my anniversary tomorrow. Oh, nice. So we've got, I mean... Congrat- about it. I mean, Congratulations. This is great, right? <laughs> My birthday, your birthday, the podcast birthday, and an anniversary all in one. Absolutely. So stay right there. Okay. I'm going to grab the birthday cake real quick, and uh, we'll blow out some candles and uh, have a grand old time, and then we're off to Office Olympics. Uh, Love it. All right. That's pretty innovative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you sing happy birthday. <laughs> I'm going to whistle while you sing. All right, so we're, who knows if we use this 360-degree video content that we're filming, but putting it up right there in front of the camera. Just don't blow into your mic. <laughs> we get a quick pick, and then we're going to go run a relay race, so that should be interesting. <laughs> Love it. Nice. Um all right, we don't actually have to taste the birthday cake now, but... We can uh, bring it out for the prize for the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, David, thanks so much for coming in for the 100th episode. It's thanks been fun. for uh for helping me blow out the candles on the uh, on the birthday cake for the podcast. Uh, thank you for suggesting that we start this. It's been a fantastic ride for me, it's a great a fun personal ride. experience. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and, and Thank you for starting the company, you know, from uh, on behalf of me and 720 plus employees worldwide. Uh, thank you for giving us a place to come and do some amazing things every day. We it's appreciate been a it. Fun, wild ride. Thanks for being part of the journey. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks. If you'd like to learn more about Three Pillar CEO David DeWolf, you can follow him on Twitter at, at DDeWolf. That's at D D E W O L F. You can also visit David's website at daviddewolf.com to read his thoughts on business, leadership, technology, and life. Thanks very much to David DeWolf for joining us for this very special episode of the podcast. And thank you for joining us. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode when we'll be talking some more about innovation and blockchain technology with Perry Ann Boring the founder and president of the Chamber of Digital Commerce. We'll be looking at innovation in blockchain technology and the regulatory and policy implications in accelerating or stifling financial technologies and innovation. 
Among the topics we'll discuss are the role of government here in the U.S. in fintech as compared to other countries. We'll talk about how public policymakers are approaching and learning about financial innovation. And we'll discuss why creating a friendly regulatory environment for financial innovation is one of the most important initiatives in policy today. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. The Innovation Engine podcast is recorded, produced, edited, and published by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information on the company or our services, please visit our website at www.3pillarglobal.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or SoundCloud. And you can also download our very own iOS app in the iTunes App Store.